Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside Podcast. I am here today with my friend, Diane Bowden. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I was telling you before we got on, I'm very excited, but I'm slightly nervous. And we are friends, but I'm still really nervous to be here, but I'm excited. Well, and you run your own podcast. So po- but pod- podcasting can be nerve wracking. Uh, it is. It's just some about it. It's not quite as easy as it seems. So Diane, let me tell a little bit about you. And then uh, I'm sure everyone would love to hear your story. This is actually really pertinent, Diane, because we have a Facebook group in 1000 Hours Outside and mm-hmm. people ask so often, how do you juggle? How do you juggle the cooking and the cleaning and just sort of keeping up with the daily life? And so I just am so grateful that you're here. This is really pertinent to the parents that are listening in. So Diane Bowden is the voice behind the top rated podcast, Minimalist Moms, uh, which started in 2016. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's been almost six years doing that. That's a long time. Do you know how many episodes you have? You know, between some of the bonus episodes... Probably like 230, 240. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Good for you. And it's a top rated kids and family podcast where you spread your ideas and you interview others on living a life in pursuit of less. You have a simple goal. Think more and do with less. You've been a guest on Find the Magic, Millennial Minimalists with Intention Podcasts, and many others. You are featured in six, uh, 614 Magazine in August of 2019. You live in Ohio, so you're not far from us with your husband and three children. Um, and you have a new book. Uh, it's been out for about a year, right? Yes. I think March of, yeah, March of last year that Minimalist Moms came out. So yeah, one kind year. Of a nice, yeah, it was kind of a nice I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was going to continue podcasting. I decided to keep going because it seemed to have interest. So that was going to be like a bow tie or a tie on what I had been doing at that time. So yeah, it was exciting to write. And I'm an English major. So it was more of my avenue than maybe this (laughs) as much. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Well, it's a fantastic book and it's cute. Uh, It's minimalist. I mean, really, I love the design and it's just like a little pocket book, uh, but it's just got a lot of great information. It's called Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity. Congrats on being out for a year. That's so exciting. I really enjoyed this book, Diane. I got a lot out of it. So many practical ideas and things I never even thought of. So, um, I highly recommend it. And if people want to find you, you have the Minimalist Moms podcast on Instagram. And then you have your own personal page, Diane Bowden on Instagram, Diane underscore Bowden. And I was just actually flipping through and you had such cool little things on there, just like stumbling across cool new places. And so both of the spots are fantastic. So, okay. So I'm going to stop talking. Can you, you touch, you touch on this in your book a little bit, you know, with credit cards and things like that. Can you tell us your story and how you ended up um, hosting this Minimalist Moms podcast? Yes. So I started practicing minimalism before I realized that that's what I was doing. I think that I really wanted to start prioritizing experiences over things and possessions. And that moment, which I talk about in the book, it's, it was my light bulb aha moment, but my husband and I were searching for something in my parents' basement and we couldn't find it. But my husband looked at me and was like, look at all of these things that are now in boxes that were once your dad's hard-earned work hours. And we never really talked about that after that moment. But I realized that at that point I'd been really searching for things that were unfulfilling. And like when you follow trends and when you always have to have something new in regards to clothes or the latest iPhone, 
you're always going to want more. And I just felt like I wasn't meeting the need that I was searching for at that time. But I'm like, you know, what really does fulfill me is time with my husband. And now that I have kids, it's these experiences with my kids being outside. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I would rather spend money on those things. So it kind of helped me not consume as much, which is a huge part. Maybe the most important part of minimalism is stop bringing things into the home. Yes. You want to get things out too, but a huge help is going to be to cut it off from that, the get go, like from where it starts at the store. And then you asked about the podcast that just randomly happened as well. A girl at mops that I was in mops with, I saw that she had wanted to start a podcast. Uh, we met for drinks. We tried to figure out what we had in common. She was living a, she was living in a, I don't even remember how big her house was. It was much bigger than mine. I know that. And I was living in 900 square feet, but we were both pursuing this idea of living with less living with intention. So we started that she stepped out after two years and I've just kind of taken it over. And this has all been very shocking to me. I mean, I never would have expected the podcast to take off as it has, but I think, like you said, it it resonates with people. And I don't know, as you get older, you just see what you want to prioritize. And most oftentimes it's not our things. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, that part in the book about being in the basement really stopped me in my tracks. You said, think you, I think your husband said it. Think Mm -hmm. of how many hours my parents have spent working to pay for these things that are in boxes. Well, that's, I mean, that's really profound. Then you talk about, I mean, I think that you have such a great approach because it's not a shaming approach or guilt Mm -hmm. approach. You know, there are sentimental things and things that are important. So, you know, it's, it's not that, but, but, and then you went on to say all of that clutter used to be in money. And so I think that that is really a transformative piece of your book. One that really caught my attention. Um, You go through three sections in your book. Mm -hmm. You talk about time minimalism Mm -hmm. and three main sections. I know there's other things as well, like holidays. It's all really helpful and practical holidays and, um, and that type of thing. But so, but the three main areas of focus are minimizing possessions, intentional purchasing, which you kind of just mentioned time, Mm -hmm. minimalism and mindfulness. So I wanted to pop in on the time minimalism Mm -hmm. because I think that you and I connect there quite a bit, um, which is if you're less busy, you have more time for, other things. And it's interesting because I, I never really thought of minimalism in terms of our calendar. Um, yeah. but, but it is a thing. And I see you've got your, you've got a pretty calendar there behind you. I like that. I do. Uh, yeah. But you talk about this thing called the heck yes mentality. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you talk about what that is? Yeah. So when I say that I had to censor the word that I probably would have used there, which <laughs> it's a, uh, for all ages. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. yeah. And saying heck yes, it, it basically means say yes and be certain with your yes. Like if you don't want to do something, which of course there are those things that are on our schedule that we have to do, like the dentist appointments, the doctor's appointment, we can't, that's probably not going to be a heck yes, but it's the, it's the book club that we've been obligated to continue to go to because we've done that for years. That's what we've done. But it's like, when we're really honest with ourselves, I want to be certain these are the things I want to fill my days with. Because again, as I'm getting older and I'm having less time to myself, or I want to, or I have to split my time between my three kiddos. I want to just make sure that I'm saying yes to the right thing. So when I can be certain, it's also easier as I'm going through determining what is a heck yes. I don't know. It's like that gut intuition. You kind of know when something 
is not working anymore. And so I don't think we should feel guilty that it's not a heck yes anymore. And then maybe it's a no, because there's seasons for everything. And I had to, I think you do have to know yourself really well and be really honest with yourself as you're going through some of these changes. And, um, it doesn't always feel good. And, but I think that if you're, I don't know. I don't want to be like too woo, woo, but like being true to yourself and being true to what you believe and the values that you hold. I think that it shouldn't offend people. If you're saying no, when you prioritize those things and you just, you, you can say it in a really nice way if you want to turn something down as well. So, well, it's an interesting point that you bring up, which is change. And I think change is the thing that I was not expecting Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the biggest things that I was not expecting when I became a mom. So, yeah. you know, up until becoming a mom, I felt like my life was fairly static as a first mm-hmm. grade, second grade. You know, you're growing a little bit, even yeah. into college, even into going into the workforce. It was kind of like the same thing year after year after year. And then you become a parent. And that's a really good point that you bring up that that things are constantly in flux and kids are different ages and you have different levels of commitment. Mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting thought to go back and see, but what are the things that are taking my time? You know, should I still be going that direction? Yeah. Um, and you say, say yes to something, you know, the times when you've said yes with the, with a note of hesitation in your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fear persuades you to accept without delay. So I mm-hmm. love that concept of heck yes. I, that's something I'm definitely taking away from your book. And, and then you also talk about scrolling, yes. um, You say, before you know it, 30 minutes have passed. For those 30 minutes, you are living your life by watching others live theirs, which is such a big statement. So uh, what are your thoughts on screen use and how that relates with, with minimalism? Yeah. So I definitely let my children use screens. I do want to put that out there. It's not like I don't like them, but I think that they... I want to counterbalance that, which is what you talk about, but I want to counterbalance that with things that are more engaging where we're actively being engaged. And so the same thing with me, I listened to a podcast the other day and the guy was like, usually that time after we put our kids to bed at night, people used to read or learn something new. And I was listening to this podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to shut my phone right now. And I started reading because I don't, I don't want to take that away from myself. And it's, really easy to do because it's just, I mean, it's made that way, but Mm -hmm. it's just really easy to not want to do the thing that's hard, but it's always going to be hard in the beginning. And that's what discipline is. And that's what disciplining ourselves is. So in in regards to, I think, what did I say? Start, stop scrolling, start seizing. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to be on social media. It's okay to want to like promote our friends or to um, get ideas from other people on there. But I would say that when it's taking away from the things that matter the most, and I mean, we all know this, it's just a good reminder to one another um, and you and I talking about this, but yeah, when I heard that comparison of like what people used to do in the past versus now, it's just idle, wasted time. I don't want that. And I'm not going to learn everything, but I definitely could read a lot more than yeah. I wonder when that even was like, I wonder if it was, I just read this whole book about the sort of progression of television Mm -hmm. and, um, 
interesting to read people's thoughts about it, like even back in the 20s and 30s. And it wasn't really until the 60s that most households had them. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a time period, I think, in the 50s where it said that most people didn't even know what that was. Like you bring up a television and, you know, majority of people didn't even know. And then, you know, within a few years, it was like every household had them. Um, I feel like people would sew. I don't know. I have that in my mind, maybe from reading different books or so it's just, that's an interesting thing to think about those evening hours, um, you know, as an opportunity for growth and Mm -hmm. just for taking in life. I like how you say, put down your phone and pick up your life. Mm -hmm. That's, that's real um, catchy. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you got all this information in there about time and time minimalism, even including the one minute rule. Oh yes, 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 yes. I try to live by this rule and it's, I mean, give a, give or take a minute, you know, um, <laughs> if there's something that can be done within in a minute or two, just, is that what you're talking about? Like mm-hmm, do it mm-hmm. right then and there. Yeah. So yeah. even I was just putting something away and I just threw it on top of the little box that it needed to go into. And it's like, no, just put it back into the box. That's going to take you five seconds. And then you're not going to have lost it later on. It's going to be right where you know that it is. Um, the same thing as hanging up your coat or, uh, at lunch, I just wash my dish off and put it in the dishwasher. Um, yes, just anything that I can do that can be done quickly, even just wiping down the counter, uh, after I brush my teeth or my kids brush their teeth, just some, I don't want all that stockpiled for the end of the day when I'm really tired because it's a small task that can be done in less than one minute or so. So, and I actually stole that from Gretchen Rubin. That's one of her big tips. It's a really good tip. And actually, you know, it makes me think our kids are a little older than yours. Yeah. Um, Our oldest is 13. And so we do, we end up having like shoes everywhere and, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're going to have people over and it takes 10 minutes then to clean it up or 15 minutes. And so with older kids, it seems like a really good strategy for them if they just take a minute to hang up their coat in the right place or their shoes. I mean, you're in Ohio, so we got the same thing. We've got these winters going on. Yeah. Put your gloves back where they go, that type of thing. Because I find that's really stressful, especially when we're trying to get outside. Because yeah. you need to have the right things. You need to have your you need to know where your cooler is. You need to know where the hats and mittens are and that type of thing. So Yeah, so you're sorry. fine. Yeah. Um, no, but this is real life. Amen. Hi there. It's not Hi. Mimi. Hi. He thinks it's Mimi. Yeah. He yes. He does. Yeah. No, that's not. Can you go back outside for just a little bit longer? But when I when I'm a grandma, I want to be called Mimi. I like that grandma oh, name. I think that's really sweet. Okay, let me close the that's door. That's cute. That's okay. a cute grandma name. Keep being kind. You're doing a good job. All right. Sorry about that, Jen. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is the real deal, man. That's what I think. I think it's the best. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. 
Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. How about one more uh, one more thing from time minimalism jomo jomo the opposite of fomo yes so when you choose jomo it's the joy of missing out and i think that oftentimes we think that again if we're if we're not saying yes to something that we have that fomo like oh i can't believe that i missed that but there is a joy in missing out of those things because what else are you gaining and it's that whole idea of if you say yes to some or no to something you're saying yes to something else and so again i use the book club idea um or example if i'm saying no to book club maybe i'm getting the joy of being at home and getting time to myself and that's time that i really need and i think that in setting those boundaries for ourselves we reap the benefit of the joy of missing out but oftentimes we take that away from ourselves and also I think oftentimes, sometimes we tend to look on the negative side of things and we need to switch that and focus on the bright side and focus on the good that comes in setting boundaries and knowing ourselves better. Yeah. I like how you put it. I'd actually never heard anybody say focus on that. We focus on the loss instead of the gain. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can, you can just sort of revert your mindset or really take a step back and say, but what, Mm -hmm. what do I gain if I don't sign up for all these extracurriculars or if we don't do the summer camp or, you know, these different things. I mean, I've been in situations where this is a gorgeous day and I'm stuck, you know, in some commitment, uh, actually kind of like right now (laughs) (laughs) for both of us. And so sometimes, sometimes it's necessary and other times, um, you know, you think, Oh, if I wouldn't have signed up or, or that type of thing. So I like that idea of focusing on what you're gaining rather than what you're losing. I never even heard the expression FOMO until I was an adult. So it seems like it's a newer phenomenon. FOMO, you, oh, mean, yeah. you know what? Maybe it's from social media because we didn't right. used to know. I'm sorry, Jenny. Yeah, go ahead. 
The other thing I wanted to say about Jomo though, in regards to decluttering your home, in regards to decluttering your home, you can gain the experience. So you have the joy of maybe you, I think people fear that they're not going to have the, uh, possessions that everyone else does and keeping up with the Joneses, but there's a gain that I have because I feel like I put that money and effort towards things that we ultimately find more joyful. So there's a joy in missing out of those material possessions. And also I don't have to clean up nearly as much because we have a very simple home. That's interesting. That's interesting that it fits in both categories. Yeah, I think so. It fits with the time, but it also fits uh, with the possessions. So, so this is, like I said, this is something that comes up so often that, that moms are saying, you know, how do I keep up with my daily life if I'm also wanting to get outdoors? And you talk about a study uh, done by UCLA that says that the messier someone's home is, the more stressed they feel, Mm -hmm. that often our mind reflects the state of our home. Mm -hmm. So how does minimalism, this concept of minimalism help, help parents, help moms, with sort of those day-to-day tasks like cooking and cleaning and um, feeling uncluttered? Yeah. I mean, I think that study made a lot of sense to me. And I really like that book, The Life at Home in the 21st Century book. And it was done in the early 2000s. Um, well, usually on Mondays, that's when I have a babysitter. So it's... I, oh, I see. This is great. Is, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry we couldn't switch back. No, it's totally... It was totally I'm going to... Um, I'm going to edit this, but I'll include a little bit of the chaos too, because I think, I think it's good for parents to see that, you know, and for people to see it is a little bit of chaos and, and also that's fine. Yes. I try not to necessarily hide all of this going on because it is reality. And I think it actually encourages people that we can do again. I do try and prioritize the various things in my life that I want to do, but also this is just real life. And I can definitely edit it when I'm doing a podcast and this kind of stuff is going on. But, um, like it's, it, I don't want anyone to not think, I don't want everyone to think one, that I have a sitter all the time or that two, I can easily manage this. I have three kids and it is really tough sometimes, but I'm still doing things that I want to do. And I'm still accomplishing. I don't know. You can call them dreams, (laughs) unexpected dreams, but I'm still capable of doing this, but it's not going to be perfect if I'm trying to do it as well. Yes. It's not perfect, but I actually, I think too, like as your kids get older, this is what I'm finding because our oldest Mm -hmm. is 13. He'll he'll be 14 this summer is Mm -hmm. that these things that I'm doing that I'm pursuing are also providing our kids benefits fits, especially now that they're getting older in different ways of relationships or, you know, if my 14 year old is interested in editing podcasts or he's interested mm-hmm. in video editing, it's, it's providing him an avenue for him to learn new skills. That's so, really so it is a, it's a neat thing in, in the short term and the long term, I think. So, okay. Absolutely. So we're talking about feeling Seven. stressed at home, mm-hmm. which a lot of people talk about. And I feel it too. Um, I just, try to ignore it. (laughs) Uh, But I do, I, you know, I can see how being more minimalistic would make it not be um, quite such a big deal. So let's just talk about, talk about our homes. You talk about starting in the bathroom, which I think is a really cool suggestion. A hundred percent. So I would say, okay. So I start in the bathroom because typically there's not as many sentimental items in there. So usually when we're starting to pursue minimalism or a life with less that it 
we run into problems when we start decluttering sentimental items or items that we struggle. Do I want to get rid of this? Do I want to keep this? May I need this in the future? But in the bathroom, most of those items were very detached from it's shampoo bottles. It's makeup that is old and, and not used. It's blues from the past that we don't want to wear anymore as moms. It's things we're literally keeping from college that we keep in the bathroom sometimes. So I feel like going into the bathroom, if you start in there, you pull everything out and assess what you need. Even if people think, oh my gosh, Jenny, this is great. It this usually doesn't great. happen this often. This is great. Yeah, buddy. So my suggestion is to pull everything out and then look what you have left. And I don't even think you need photos in the bathroom and artwork. You can do that if that's something you're really interested in, but I definitely don't think it's necessary. It just provides another surface that you're going to have to clean. So starting in the bathroom, typically not a ton of sentimental attachment in there. And it just is an easy small space to where you can gain momentum to move throughout the rest of your home. And then that way you're confident and you, you know that you can do that. And it's just that little easy win. I'm all about the easy wins, especially um, these days. So yeah, I feel like that's a good boost of momentum for people that are looking, mm-hmm. but don't know where to start. And they can take that strategy then throughout the rest of their home. And so you mm-hmm. found that the less you have, the less time it takes to clean and yes. the more time you have for experiences and for relationship. hundred percent. That's kind of the, the, the main gist. What about cooking? Uh, similar um, I mean, with cooking, I, I pretty much try and streamline everything as well. So I know what we're having Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we just do, uh, that like the taco Tuesday, fish Friday, Thursday, we typically have, um, yeah, meat. Um, what do we have on spaghetti Monday? So once you streamline those things and you know what to have in your grocery cart, some people can't do that. But I think you can also play with variations of on Monday, I'm going to have spaghetti, but maybe it's like a pasta primavera or lasagna, but you know, I'm going to have something that's Italian with noodles. And so you don't have to overwhelm yourself. And then I love now I just do grocery orders. I don't typically, I don't typically waste time going to the grocery store anymore. I typically just order on my phone so that I don't have that impulse purchase when I'm at the grocery store and I'm hungry. So that's super convenient, which I, I would say that during COVID, that was kind of when I started doing that, but it's been really helpful to just have the list of what I usually order. You can add some variations in there, but I don't have to think about it because my days are full and we like to be outside a lot. And I, because we're outside so much, or we're just rushing around, not rushing around, but because we go around a lot at the end of my day, I definitely don't want to have to think about what am I going to make? It's just kind of already written out. Right. Right. I, I would say that that has been a huge help and a game changer for me. But I also, like I said, I ate oatmeal every single day for three years for breakfast. So I'm, I may be a little unusual there. You're fine for it to be same and for it to be planned out. I mean, that does make things easier though. I, you know, I tell you what, this online grocery ordering came out like just after I didn't need it anymore. (laughs) You know, like I took our kids to the grocery store. I would sit in the middle of the aisles and nurse. I mean, (laughs) everyone's screaming. Um, And then, you know, I got to the point where it's not quite so hard. And then all of a sudden grocery ordering came out. I remember thinking, if only I could just drive up, you know, and someone would bring me the things. (laughs) And, uh, and I was just a little, I'm just a little too old. I missed, I missed the window. Um, so, so there's one other thing that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many good things in the book, but there's another thing that you talk about that I was actually surprised to find in your book. But mm-hmm. it's something that I think um, is really sort of near and dear to my heart. 
-hmm. You talk about in the mindfulness section, keeping Mm -hmm. small things small. Mm -hmm. So you say, is it really a big deal? Mm -hmm. Um, you, You know, how much does this really affect my life? You know, all of these sort of things with our kids. So you've got little ones there. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're a little bit out of the stage of little ones. And it does, those sort of daily irritations get get less. I mean, it's yeah. easier. It just is easier now that yeah. ours are a little bit older. But um, especially when they were small, I tried to take this approach, keep yeah. small things small. And mm-hmm. think about, am I really going to uh, remember this tomorrow? Is it really a big deal or is it just irritating? Uh, you know, does it really matter or am I just annoyed basically? Um, yeah. So, you know, you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. With little ones, preschoolers. Um, so, so let's talk about how that helps you as a mom, how that helps your family run. What, what does that look practically for you, look like practically for you? Yeah. I think that it's the whole idea of choosing your battles. And so someone told me that when I first had kids, but I think as you have multiples or as you start really getting into it, you're like, what battles do I want to fight? So wearing a coat on a cold day, I think there's a natural consequence in there that maybe we'll keep one in the car. That's not too, uh, too far away from us. But if that's your choice, I don't need to fight you about that. And I thought, I think that as I started adding children, I was finding myself really exhausted with these little battles and it was taking, it just took way too much energy. So I'm like, if Charlotte wants to wear a bonnet to Trader Joe's, um, that's her doll's bonnet, you know what? I don't care. And that's not a big deal. The same with my son wanting to wear a superhero cape. Like, does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? No, it's, I want to help shape and mold their character as people. And these little silly things that I'm giving so much energy to take away from my ability to do that well. And so I think you could think of it as like decluttering your parenthood in a way, like what am I wanting to get rid of and what do I want to keep, um, ultimately keep. So yeah, that's been a huge help to me. I'm trying to think of something else that's like a little bit less tangible of making something small. Um, I can't think of anything off my head right now, but I think that it, yeah, it just really comes down to, I wanted to be a more patient person. And I was finding that it's not helpful when you're constantly critiquing every little thing. And also like, I don't want to be nagged as a, a, as a grown woman. So like, they're just little people and Mm -hmm. they don't want to be nagged for every little thing that is ultimately not important. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does make parenting a lot easier. And, and what Mm -hmm. I have found is that uh, so many things are stages, not that you want to you know, be a negligent parent that's, you know, unplugged and not paying attention to what's going on. But a lot of things are stages that they grow Mm -hmm. out of. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we had kids that screamed in the car and then Mm -hmm. they grew out of it. And it wasn't a behavioral thing. You know, I don't really know why they screamed in the car. You know, well, maybe, I mean, who wants to be stuck in a car, right? So I guess it's kind of understandable, but, you know, then they grew out of it and, and there wasn't anything that I could do or say to change that for that stage of time. Or, you know, we had one, we had one of our kids that screamed all the time, you know, from like two to four. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he just, and I think he was tired, actually, looking back, you know, mm-hmm. he was a third kid, you know, he's got these two older siblings he's trying to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think sometimes it's the, there's stuff going on, they're tired, or they're hungry, or and so mm-hmm. I really like that to keep the small things small. So, mm-hmm. so Diane, your book has these, just so p- parents know, it's just a fantastic one. These three sections, but then main sections of 
possessions, of time, of mindfulness. And my, the keep small things small was in mindfulness and taking a walk and, and different things about silence and rest, mm-hmm. which I think was for, are fantastic. And then you had obviously some other things about holidays and sentimental items. So if, if people are interested in this book, Diane, where's a good place for them to find it? Well, as always, you can find it on Amazon, but you can also ask a local bookshop, which I thought this was really cool. Any local bookstore can typically order it to their store so you can shop small, which I'm all about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. I think it's a Kindle Kindle version now too. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. It's such a cute book. So, I, so I'm curious about with your podcast, with your 200 episodes, 200 plus episodes, 230 or 240, mm-hmm. and you have been, you've been interviewing parent uh, other people you've been interviewing other people about um hi there what how are you yeah 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 say hi we're almost done hi there go ahead yep say hi and now say bye go on hi bye hi there hi bye close the door go on roscoe all right thanks Wendy. they're so cute Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120.
They're so cute. so cute. Yeah. I'm so sorry. They you know, usually no give apologize. me a lot more space. No apologies. So I think we were supposed to connect. You know, I was supposed to see their little faces. It's it's awesome. Uh, okay. Well, you know, so we've got way less than you, maybe 40 or something. So you've got, you know, 230, 240 podcasts and you're talking mm-hmm. and it's bi-weekly. You're mm-hmm. talking to all these different people. Do you have a few that stand out? Or if someone were going for the first time, you know, wanted to, to find one that you gotten a lot of buzz about, sure. uh, where, where would you send them? Uh, okay. So I think I was trying to think of what came to mind and it is weekly now. So okay. that, yeah. Well, good for great. you. You yeah. decluttered your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by um, week. I can't, I truly, I can't imagine bi-weekly. I can't yeah. imagine that. Yeah. Just for yeah. scheduling people in and. And that's a lot. And some people do them every day. I can't, even once a week is, is quite a bit to keep up with. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I would say going back to fall of, was it 2020? I asked a bunch of moms that are just in the minimalist realm, if you will, on Instagram to join me. And I had them pick a room that they felt confident, confident in decluttering. And I want to say there were six to eight women that joined me and that's all an entire series on decluttering different rooms in your home. So I thought that was a really, that would be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, I definitely have some other, I mean, everyone brings something great to the table. They do. Yeah. It is really the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't a dud, you know, because people are coming with their sort of, life experience and the things that really have touched them and you just get something different from from each episode but that was a that was a really cool idea you know yeah and i think that it is a struggle because i like i said we've been doing this for 6 years and so how much can we talk about minimalism but people continue to blow me away and also in regards to minimalism yes that's we want to talk about decluttering and i do talk about decluttering i had an episode about the laundry room and going through your laundry routine and your habits there, which was a great episode, but also sometimes one, it's really good to hear something a couple of times. So even if a guest says something that is, has been said in the past, there's always new listeners, but also sometimes things strike you in a way Mm -hmm. that didn't a year ago. And so I, I don't mind redundancy, especially with these things that we want to build good habits around. Um, but then also um, what was I going to say? The second thing about that with guests. Oh, it's, it's more about like living intentionally. How can we live with intention? So sometimes yeah. I think I can stretch the idea of what it means to be a minimalist or living intentionally to make sure we can encompass some of these really wonderful people. But yeah, everyone is very intentional on the show about how they're living their life, how they're being productive, what habits they're creating. And so it's been really awesome to connect to different people all over the country. Um, I'm it's sure. Really an opportunity. Yeah. So it's the Minimalist Moms podcast. It's been around mm-hmm. since 2016. People can listen in. Um, and and I really like that about, about what you have, Diane, about your book and then about your Instagram and all the things that you're sharing is it is very all-encompassing. It's not mm-hmm. just, it's not just throw out all your stuff, you know, or, no. you know, it's, it's not that. You say, um, well, what I thought was really neat at the beginning of your book, you say minimalism is a way of life rather than a place one arrives at. Mm-hmm. And then you had a bunch of really cool quotes from different people at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about basically exactly what you said, curate what truly matters so you can regain the time and energy to be present in your life, mm-hmm. that sort of thing so that we can enjoy our lives more. 
Absolutely. And yeah, it's not realistic for me with three kiddos to have a completely sparse home. I do have white walls, as you can see behind me, but that's just kind of the aesthetic I'm into. But all that to say, I mean, they have their opinions as they're getting older, even little Benjamin. And I want to give them that authority over their life within boundaries. So my mom, my job as mom is to help them create the boundaries, but I want to give them the say. So in their own rooms, they do have spaces that they can fill with the obnoxious, fluorescent, fuzzy, whatever that they found at, uh, at Target. Um, they can put that on their shelf, but you only get so much shelf. You only have so much space on your shelf. And then in regards to things that they're creating, because I am very into art and crafts, you get one box and then we are constantly with Charlotte, just kind of going through those things, not constantly, but regularly assessing what's in there. What do you want to keep? What do you no longer want as much? And so I'm giving her the authority to say, this is what I want. And I don't want to take that from them. Yeah, it's easier to do when they're two and three, but um, I don't want to, I don't want all this to backfire. I'm right. trying to live this way intentionally and for them. And so, yeah, I just don't want it to, I don't want them to hold on to things and to hoard things because mommy's been so oppressive with her minimalism in their lives, you know? Sure, sure, long-term. But what you're doing is you're modeling and you're teaching them and you're mm-hmm. giving them a chance to practice in small and practical ways. Uh, that's, that's really neat. I, th- I mean, I even thought, like I said earlier, the one minute rule is a small mm-hmm. and practical way, you know, that kids can make sure they're, you know, they're just tidying up after themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, Diane, I so appreciate you taking the time to be on here. I know this is really going to help parents because like I said, it comes up so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically how do we juggle and, and you have so much information for parents, um, in particular to figure out how to do that. Uh, we, we always end our podcast, I am with a favorite outdoor childhood experience, a memory of yours. So do you have one you can share? Oh gosh, I feel like I spent a lot of time outside as a kid. I don't know, I, my mom used to take me horseback riding every so often, and it wasn't something we did all the time, but I have memories in the fall with like leaves changing, being outside with her on horses and yeah, that moment, those moments I'll always look back upon fondly. I'm so excited because I feel like Charlotte's getting to that point right now to where I can take her out. And Aww. yeah, I, I really loved that as a kid. Yeah, we really draw, I think, on those early experiences and want to recreate them with our own with our own children. So uh, thank you so much, Diane, for your time. If people want to find your book, it's fantastic It's and it's cute. It's called Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity, such a beautiful subtitle. And they can find you at Diane under, underscore Bowden and Minimalist Moms Podcast on Instagram. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jenny. This was great. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast 
for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.